You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, May 10th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and today our episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Hope you had a great weekend. I think we have an excellent week of shows ahead of us here on the Locked On Jets podcast. And to subscribe to this podcast, all you have to do is go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button. If you do that, we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning. This is a daily podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we have shows on every team from every sport you can imagine. And these are daily podcasts with new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. On today's show, we are going to talk about the 2021 NFL Draft, and in particular, we are going to discuss the impact the draft picks could have on players already on the roster. If you are a fan, the draft is a very exciting time of year for you because your team is bringing in a lot of new players, players who could develop into impact guys at low prices. It's not always as exciting if you are already on the team because there's a possibility if you're a Jets player, the Jets drafted your replacement. However, there's also the possibility the Jets could have drafted a player who will help you succeed. So on today's show, what I wanted to do is discuss the winners and losers of the 2021 NFL Draft, as I see it, from the New York Jets. And we're going to go back and forth between the winners and losers. I'll begin with a couple of guys who I think are big winners, and those are Mekhi Becton and Connor McGovern. They're not winners from the standpoint that they were in danger of being replaced. Becton, you could right in as the starting left tackle. I would not even say you could pencil him in. I'd say you could you could have written that in, in ink before the NFL draft. And McGovern, you knew he was going to have a starting role. Now, it was always possible the Jets could have drafted a center and moved him to guard, but he still was going to be a starter for this team on the offensive line, and he's still going to be paid pretty well. Now, the Jets did not draft a center, so McGovern keeps his job. But I think the draft the drafting of Elijah Vera Tucker is going to help both of these guys. I think sometimes on the offensive line, we don't appreciate how important the guy next to you is and how much he can impact your play. And the Jets, I think, had a pretty weak link at left guard in Alex Lewis. And I thought for the most part, Becton met my expectations of him last year. I was not expecting him to go out there and dominate from day one. There were always some issues with his game that he was going to need to work through. I just did not want him to look like a disaster, and he did not look like a disaster. He looked like a credible starting left tackle, I think, for the most part last season. Now, McGovern, I thought, had more of a struggle. Either way, though, you know whether you're coming off a good season or you're not coming off a good season, you know whether you're Becton or whether you're McGovern, it's always going to be helpful to have somebody who's a quality player next to you at left guard. And I don't think Lewis was a quality player. I think Vera Tucker projects as a plug-and-play kind of guy at the left guard position. I think he's mobile mobile enough to have success in this new stretch zone scheme that Mike LaFleur is putting in. And you need mobile linemen to succeed in that system. I think you know he's sturdy enough at the point of attack. I think, I think he projects as a guy who could be a really good guard. And that's just going to make everybody else's job easier. When you have a guy who can't block effectively, it, it just... 
it creates problems for you because you know you you get put into situations. Do you have to help that guy? You know, are you taking an eye off your assignment? These things happen very quickly on the offensive line, and there is going to be an adjustment period. I think there's always a bit of a learning curve how the guy next to you handles things. That's why a lot of the really solid offensive lines in this league are guys who have played together for years because you know how they're going to react to any situation. You know that you can trust them. So there might be a little bit of a learning curve there, but I think that Vera Tucker should improve this offensive line appreciably if he's as good as advertised. I'm hoping he will be. And on that note, I think that it's going to help Becton and McGovern. I, I would not be surprised to see their play, their their quality of play increase this year as a result of having Vera Tucker on the offensive line. Now, on that same note, there's a clear loser from that draft pick, and that is Alex Lewis, whose situation with the New York Jets now becomes kind of precarious. I think, you know, the best case scenario for Lewis would be if the Jets gave him a chance at the right guard position to compete with Greg Van Roten for the other starting job. However, I do think Van Roten is a better player, so my hopes would not be high if I was Lewis. The other issue is just his contract right now, because he has a cap hit just under $7 million. It's about $6.845 million against the cap in 2021. And only $1.6 million in dead money. So Jets would save about $5.1 million in cap space by cutting him. And it's a situation where Lewis actually, I think, would be okay as a backup. I actually think he'd be one of the better backup guards in the NFL. But there's a question of whether he's $5.1, $5.2 million more valuable than the next backup. I think that that's an open question. And, you know, do you, if, if he gets cut, could he find a job? Uh, you know, I, I, go, I could go either way on that. I, I think it's tough to say because there is a lack of quality offensive line play in this league. However, Lewis, I'm not sure Lewis is really a valued commodity. You know, the Jets got, when the Jets got him a couple of years ago, they sent a late round pick to Baltimore. This was not a guy who really had a huge market for his services at the time. I mean, there was a market, but it was not a huge market. So, you know, could he find a, another job maybe, but is he going to make the same money that he would have made with the Jets? You know, probably not. And if the Jets had not drafted a, a replacement at guard, he would have a starting job and he'd have a pretty lucrative contract. So, I don't think there's any way you can come away from this draft thinking Alex Lewis has not been hurt. I think Lewis is one of the big losers for the Jets in the 2021 NFL draft. The guys next to him, however, I think are pretty big winners. And I think the offensive line as a whole is better for the pick the Jets made at 14 in the 2021 draft. Hey Jets fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique band-boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about winners and losers for the New York Jets from the 2021 NFL Draft. I think Chris Herndon is a winner. 
The Jets could have drafted a tight end early, and based on the last two years Herndon has had, an early draft pick probably would have been favored to take a spot in the starting lineup. The Jets did not draft a tight end. Really, all they did was sign an undrafted free agent tight end. And this guy is getting a lot of hype. He's a guy they signed out of Mississippi, Kenny Yaboa. But this was a non-drafted free agent signing. I think every year at the weakest position the Jets have, they sign some undrafted free agent or multiple undrafted free agents. And people say, well, the Jets can't get any worse there. That player has a legitimate chance to contribute. But undrafted free agents typically don't amount to anything in the NFL and typically an undrafted free agent is not going to be an upgrade even at your weakest position. I think Herndon's now going to have a chance to show what he can do this year. And I think it's difficult to have high hopes for Chris Herndon going forward based because, you know, 2019 was just a total lost season. And in 2020, he looked like a guy who was a below replacement level player. I mean, he, he looked, he, he didn't even look like a guy who belonged in the NFL. I mean, he couldn't catch the ball. He couldn't hold on to the ball. It was an ugly season. He has been my pick, though, for a potential post-Adam Gase resurgence. And when I say post-Adam Gase resurgence, I'm not talking about Herndon performing at a star level. I'm not talking about the hopes we had for him after a very solid rookie season. I'm just talking about him looking like a competent tight end again, like he did his rookie year. And this is kind of like my theory on on Herndon, and I'm, I'm hoping it plays out this way. It's very easy to imagine a guy like Herndon just becoming disengaged last year because you went through the offseason your coach kept talking about how you were going to be a focal point in the offense you were you know he even used the term unicorn to describe you then you get to the season and you're just stuck in this blocking role and the team's losing and you know the coach is getting fired and it certainly doesn't seem like anybody really likes the coach that much it's not that hard to see why a player how a player would get disengaged in a situation like that so maybe this is just me hoping. And again, like, I mean, I don't see how you can possibly be optimistic about Chris Herndon after last season. I, I, I don't see how you can think that he's a, you know, that the odds are high that he's going to produce this year. But I do have some hopes for him, at least, because I, I think there is like at least a theory I can talk myself into that would make me believe that Herndon can start looking like a credible tight end again. And I mean, I don't know that you really need more than a credible tight end. I don't think tight ends a big impact position unless you have one of the guys who's at the very top of the NFL. If Chris Herndon can just get back to looking competent and, you know, do a credible job blocking and be somebody who can make defenses pay somebody who can get down the seam. I, I think that would not be the word. You know, you could live with that. I think you, you more than sign up for that. So, but I think the fact that the Jets did not draft a replacement. Now, I know this guy that they signed out of Mississippi, there's been some talk that they had a higher grade on him. But at the end of the day, he was a non-drafted free agent. At the end of the day, the Jets had seven picks on the third day of the draft, and they did not use one on him. So I think that speaks volumes. I think Herndon's now likely to be the, the starting tight end, although you, I guess you could argue Tyler Croft, the guy they signed in free agency. I think Herndon now at least has one more chance to show that he can play in this league. Now, if you want to talk about somebody who is a loser from the draft, you'd have to say Jamison Crowder. Now, Crowder may not end up with the may not remain with the team because he's so expensive and because you would expect Elijah Moore to take his place, but let's just say Crowder stays with the team. He's now entering a contract season and the Jets have drafted another player who is presumably going to take targets away from him. 
you know, I think at the very least, Crowder's Crowder's importance to the team, Crowder's importance to the offense, his role within the offense has been diminished because Elijah Moore profiles as a guy who's likely to spend a lot of his time in the slot. And if he's as good as advertised, I'm not sure you really want Crowder getting the types of snaps that he got the last couple of years with the Jets because you want to get an electric playmaker like Moore onto the field. Not only that, but I think Corey Davis will see a fair share of snaps in the slot. He's had success in the slot in the past, which is primarily where Crowder works. So this entire offseason, I think Jamison Crowder's role with the Jets has been diminished, and I think especially the drafting of Elijah Moore. I think Moore was drafted to be his replacement. Whether it will be this year or whether it will be next year remains to be seen, but I think at the very least Moore is taking snaps from Crowder and that's not what you want going into a contract year. You want to be in a position where you're going to be able to put up big numbers and you're going to be able to cash in next year. So Crowder's in the situation where he's likely to either be cut before the start of the year, and then he'll have to try and navigate free agency. He'll have to try and find a new home on a team where there may not be a lot of cap space. You know, There's not a lot of cap space across the NFL to sign free agents right now. Or he'll be in a situation where his role is going to be diminished. He's probably not going to put up big numbers this year, and then he'll hit free agency next year coming off a year that doesn't look that great statistically. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. There are so many delicious flavors, and occasionally there's a limited time flavor. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. And if you order today, going to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built Bar. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R dot com. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about winners and losers from the Jets roster after the 2021 NFL draft. I think Bryce Hall is one of the big winners for the Jets after the draft. I think the fact the Jets did not draft a corner early means that he's going to have a legitimate chance to earn a starting job this season. Now, I know technically right now, Bless Austin is still a starter. If if the season began today, Bless Austin would be in the starting lineup, but I think there's a pretty good chance the Jets are going to sign a corner. There are still some free agent corners available who could potentially help the team, but I'm not certain they're going to sign two. I'm not certain they're going to sign two who would knock Bryce Hall out of a starting job. And right now, my perception is that Hall is probably ahead of Austin on the depth chart. Austin was always you know, a late-round pick who the odds were against. He was a guy who suffered a lot of injuries in college. And if you've watched him through his two NFL seasons, I mean, there have been a few good moments, but more and more he looks like a guy who at best is a backup. While Hall 
was a fifth round pick. He only fell to the fifth round because he suffered an injury and because of the pandemic, teams could not really bring him in, allow their doctors to get a good look at him to ensure he was healthy. He got into the lineup last year late in the season, and honestly, there were ups and downs. He looked like a rookie. I mean, there were some games where he had a really rough time. The Raiders game comes to mind, but I think he's got an intriguing skill set. I think that he could potentially be a player in this league, and I think he's going to get his chance now. I think the fact that the Jets did not draft anybody early means that he's going to get his chance. Now, if the Jets drafted somebody early, I still think signing a free agent would be a possibility. And if that's the case, if you draft somebody and you sign somebody, then you know Hall's probably heading for the bench. But I think it's you know when we're, when we start talking about signing two guys at the same position this time of year, it's possible. I mean, it, it, in theory, the Jets could sign Stephen Nelson and Richard Sherman, but. I just don't know. I think that that's less likely, and that means that Hall is likely to keep a starting job. Now, if you want to talk losers from the draft, two guys who come to mind are Michael Pirine and Ty Johnson. Because the Jets drafted Michael Carter, or the original Michael Carter, Michael Carter the first in the fourth round, not to be conclu- not to be confused with the sequel, Michael Carter the second, the defensive back they drafted in the fifth round, but. I think that that really closes off a path to playing time for guys like P. Ryan and Johnson that may have been there if the Jets had not drafted a running back. Now, I know a fourth-round pick you can't expect much from, but Carter was a guy who probably had the talent to be taken earlier than that. And running back's also a position where guys just fall because the positional value is not really there for teams. Now, the one thing I'll say for P. Ryan and Johnson is... Some of this is based on the idea that Tevin Coleman's going to be playing a prominent role for the Jets in the backfield this year, and I'm not totally sold on that. I mean, we don't really know what Tevin Coleman has left in the tank, so there still could be a path for playing time for these two guys. If you presume that the Jets are essentially going to have a two-man rotation in the backfield, and I just, I, I'm guessing here, but I think I feel like Josh Adams may have a role, but that's more as a, as a specialist, more as a guy who get the gets the ball in power situations, goal line, short yardage, end of game. So, you know, it's possible maybe maybe one of these guys can beat out Tevin Coleman or, you know, we'll see what Coleman has left to offer. But I think Michael Carter's a guy who's going to see a significant share of playing time as a rookie. And whenever you add a guy at your position who's going to take playing time, every snap somebody else gets is a snap you don't get. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, I, I've never been that impressed by P. Ryan going back to the draft last year. I did not see a lot in his game that excited me. And Johnson's, you know, kind of a guy the Jets got off the the scrap heap, so you can never expect much from somebody like that. But these are guys who would have had a better chance if the Jets had not picked a player in their at their position in the 2021 NFL draft. I'm going to end with one one final guy. It's actually a player the Jets drafted. I think Zach Wilson's kind of a winner. I think Zach Wilson's been drafted into a situation that is starting to look pretty good. I think the Jets have given him quality pieces around him. They invested in the offensive line. You now have two first-round picks on this offensive line. You have a lot of quality receivers. You know, if you look at, and they added another one on day two of the draft in Elijah Moore, and he's being put into a system that is pretty quarterback-friendly, or at least it's designed to be that way. I talked for years. I mean, the three years of Sam Darnold, it felt like every offseason I was saying the Jets really have not put him in a great position. I was I, you know, I was talking about how the Jets are asking too much of him, that, you know, 
he has to be graded on a curve. I don't feel that way with Wilson. I feel like the Jets have done a pretty solid job of learning from the mistakes of Darnold and putting their new quarterback into a position where he legitimately has a chance to have success. Now, I'm not expecting him to go out there and be Patrick Mahomes on day one. I'm not expecting him to be Aaron Rodgers on day one. But he can be a credible quarterback. He could be a competent player, I think, on day one. I, I, I think expectation. it's reasonable to expect Wilson to look solid going forward. And not, not to say he's... Not to say he'll avoid bad games. There are going to be some games where he looks totally lost. But I think the expectations for Wilson are higher than they were with Darnold just because Darnold was never given a chance to succeed. I think Wilson has been given a chance to succeed. And I think he's a winner because I think the Jets have put him into a pretty solid situation on day one. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.